So I'm starting a message series today uh, called A Birth Announcement. You know about those things, right? Birth Announcements? Uh, sent those out before, parents? Absolutely. You probably labored and labored about just which announcement to send out and how to put down the name. And, of course, in the process, you sent out that little picture that the hospital took. You remember that little picture the hospital took with that little kind of alligator-looking thing, you know, with the red and the rough skin and... And, uh, and yeah, you know, even as bad as that picture is, you send it out there and say, hey, look what I did. You know, it's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, well, birth announcements. We get excited about birth announcements because something new has come into the world. And, and even though it's kind of scrunchy and, you know, doesn't, well, look the best coming out of the box, but we get excited about this new birth that's coming into the world. And every time you get that birth announcement in the mail, you get to celebrate with somebody, but you also get to kind of respond, and hopefully you send them a card, and you say, hey, great, congratulations. Maybe you send them a present, you know, something blue, something pink, whatever. In this uh, march toward Christmas, in these weeks that we're together on Sunday morning, I want us to receive that birth announcement each week. The birth announcement that God gives us about His coming into uh, the world. What's interesting about Jesus' birth is there's no hospital picture that gets sent out, but there are some incredible birth announcements. I mean, some really incredible birth announcements. When you think about it, God sends out birth announcements to some specific people on His list that He wants to make sure that those people experience the birth of Jesus. He goes out of his way to make sure there is an announcement made so that specific people like kings from far away, like shepherds out in the field, that those folks get the word that Jesus is born into the world. And you stop, you know, you kind of step back and think about that, and it's amazing. It's amazing that as God unfolds his experience of Jesus coming into the world, he wants to intentionally make sure that certain people are engaged and get the announcement that Jesus is born. I think if we take the time to look at His birth announcements, of who He sends the announcements to, how they respond to the announcements, we can understand some things for ourselves this Christmas. That we can receive the announcement again that Jesus has come into the world and let it perhaps bring our life to a different place than where we are right now. So in the coming weeks, we're going to look at those birth announcement moments. Look at the people that God engages and brings to this awareness of a child being born and just glean from how they receive and how they respond to see what does that say to us? What does it say to us when, when we say again the announcement that Jesus is born into the world? What difference does it make beyond just trees and tinsel and lights and a Merry Christmas here and there? What real difference does it make in our lives? Well, if you're ready, let's uh, turn to the first one. And I want to start with a, with a verse from uh, 1 Peter 3. It's 1 Peter 3. It says, uh, We have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. It was all given to us by God's own power when we learned that He had invited us to share in His wonderful goodness. I highlighted, underlined some stuff there for you. Did you see the invitation He just made to you? He just invited you through Peter 
to share in all of God's goodness. Sound good? Oh, he just invited you to share in the incredible, global, universal, incredible, eternal goodness. Everything good about God. He just invited you and sent you an announcement, an invitation to say you can share in all of that goodness. As we say the first announcement today, we'll understand the challenge of sharing in that goodness and perhaps glean the process of what needs to happen in our lives for us to enter into that invitation in all that goodness. It comes from the announcement that uh, God makes to Mary. Let me just read to you the story that comes from, uh, from Luke about when God made a birth announcement. It's really kind of a conception announcement, but a birth announcement to Mary about Jesus coming into the world. Just sit back for a minute and listen to the story. And uh, even though you've heard it before, try to open your ears up this morning in a different way, will you? In a new way and just listen to this incredible event that takes place. One month later, God sent an angel Gabriel to the town of Nazareth in Galilee with a message for a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to Joseph from the family of King David. The angel greeted Mary and said, You are truly blessed. The Lord is with you. Mary was confused by the angel's words, wondered what they meant. Then the angel told Mary, Don't don't be afraid. God is pleased with you, and you will have a son. His name will be Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of God Most High. The Lord will make him king as his ancestor David was. He will rule the people of Israel forever and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, How can this happen? I'm not married. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come down to you and God's power will come over you. So your child will be called the Holy Son of God. Your relative Elizabeth is also going to have a son, even though she is old. No one thought she could ever have a baby, but in three months she will have a son. Nothing is impossible for God. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it happen as you have said. And the angel left her. First observation. It's obvious with this birth announcement that God has a plan for Mary, wouldn't you say? I mean, wow. <laughs> Here's Mary, 14-year-old girl, thereabouts, right? 14-year-old girl, and uh, she's going through her life. And all of a sudden, God intervenes with the angel Gabriel. I mean, not just one of the kind of minor angels up there in the heavenly host, but Gabriel, big shot. God intervenes with Gabriel and brings Mary this incredible news. Now, if you, you look at the way the announcement unfolds, the angel Gabriel comes to her, and it's amazing in two levels. Number one, it's incredible that Mary gets visited by an angel. Um, 
I mean, that hasn't happened in my life. I don't know that's going to happen in my life. It happened in her life. I mean, imagine for a minute, does it make the hairs go up a little bit? Imagine for a minute, you're just kind of going through your day. You're baking your bread, you're going to the well, you're going off to work, you're doing whatever you're doing, and all of a sudden, Gabriel shows up on your doorstep and says, Hey, how you doing? An angel, Gabriel, comes to Mary. It says, One month later, uh, God sent the angel Gabriel to the town of Nazareth in Galilee with a message. It's not just the experience that Gabriel shows up. But Gabriel Gabriel shows up and he now unfolds God's plan. He now unfolds before Mary and makes it clear to Mary that God is getting involved and God is getting involved with a very clear plan and understanding of what's going to happen in Mary's life. And it is a far-reaching plan. If you look at it again, it says, Then the angel told Mary, Don't be afraid. God's pleased with you. And you will have a son. His name will be Jesus. Could have stopped there for me, right? I mean, for a 14-year-old girl to have an angel visits one thing, but then for that angel to start unfold God's plan and say, Now here's the first step. You're going to have a son. And his name is going to be Jesus. Is the plan specific? It is, isn't it? God is unfolding this plan for Mary and God knows exactly what the best thing that can happen in Mary's life and He knows it down to the specifics. And then He jumps to the far-reaching aspects of the plan. He says, He will be great and He'll be called the Son of the God Most High. The Lord God will make Him king as your ancestor David was, and He will rule the people of Israel forever, and His kingdom will never end. How far-reaching is God's plan? This is incredible stuff, isn't it? That God comes through Gabriel to a 14-year-old girl, and He is prepared to unfold for her in those moments, in this announcement, that God has an incredible plan for her life. It's specific and it's long-term. Now here's the rub. The rub is if we get into the text deeper, we can see Mary also has a plan. I mean, Mary has a plan for her life before Gabriel showed up. Mary had her own plan. It says in the text, she was engaged, engaged to Joseph from the family of King David. She caught a good one. The guy was royal. You know, she landed a good one. The guy was, you know, a career guy. I mean, he had a profession. I mean, Mary was probably 14 years old, betrothed under that legal contract to get married to this person. She knew it was a done deal. She's probably thinking about her house and, and uh, you know, how the fun she's going to have, baking bread every morning and going to the well every afternoon and having all those dreams of what it's going to mean to be married and to know that her, her husband has, uh, has a career and is going to be able to build furniture. And I mean, Mary's got a plan. Mary's already got a picture of what her life is supposed to be like. It is understandable that when Gabriel shows up, And he says, wait a minute, God's got a plan for you. Here's how specific it is. Mary's response is, Mary was confused by the angel's words and wondered what it meant. You bet. I mean, can't you hear 
Mary, in her own mind, say, whoa, 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 that's not my plan. Wait a minute. I, I'm betrothed. I'm supposed to marry Joseph. We're supposed to live in a little house. He makes the furniture. I make the meals. I mean, it's all laid out. And now the angel Gabriel shows up and says, wait a minute, God has a plan for you. And Mary's response is a natural response, not only being confused, but finding an objection with God's plan. In the text, it comes up in verse 34. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm not married. She knows the way the process is supposed to work. And she says, wait a minute, there's a problem with God's plan. There's a problem with your plan. I'm not married. So if I'm not married, the plan can't work. See, how often does that happen? How often has it happened when God has come to somebody and said, wait a minute, I have a plan for you. Like Moses. You remember Moses, right? God came to Moses and said, Moses! I have a plan for you. You're going to get down to Egypt and you are going to speak to Pharaoh and rescue my people. And Moses' first response is, wait a minute, I'm not a good public speaker. That's what he said. He said, wait, 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 wait. There's a problem with your plan. I mean, it sounds like a great plan, God, but there's a problem with the plan. The problem is, I just don't speak well in public. See, our reaction is to always find a problem with God's plan. See, we've discovered already God has a plan for Mary in this announcement, right? And we've discovered Mary is no different than you and I. We have a plan that we like. We have a plan that we've worked out. We have a plan that we've grown to be comfortable with. And those plans don't always match up. In fact, usually, they're not even close. And our first reaction is to be like Mary and say, Wait, wait, God, I got a problem. I got a problem with a plan. Now, the trouble for us is God's got a plan. We've got a plan. The problem is only one of those plans will be blessed. Only one of those plans is going to lead to an incredible life. Only one of those plans is going to have God's hand on it that says, here's my power, here's my strength. Only one of those plans is going to have God's blessing to be accomplished. The angel greeted Mary and said, you are truly what? You see some blessing happening to a plan? Mary, you are truly blessed. Why? Because the Lord is with you. What is going to bring blessing into Mary's life? When Mary operates consistent with the Lord in her life. And when you find objections to God's plan, and you say, no, wait a minute, God, there's a problem with the plan. You're pushing God's plan out of your life, and with the plan goes God's purposes in your life, and you're pushing the power and the presence of Christ in your life further away. When you choose your plan, you're pushing the opportunity for God's blessing in your life further away. Gabriel makes it clear to Mary that God has a plan. And that one of those plans, following God's plan, means you're going to be blessed because God is going to be in the middle 
of His plan. See, we can look back at other experiences where God came into people's lives and see how God had a plan for them. I mentioned Moses. Did God have a plan for Moses? Absolutely. Incredible plan. But Moses had a plan for Moses too. Moses' plan? Moses' plan was after he had murdered an Egyptian down in Egypt was to just disappear out into the wilderness and never be heard of again. He just wanted to go take care of some sheep. And God came along and said, Moses, i got a plan. And you are going to be known by everybody throughout the entire Egyptian world, Moses. Moses, i got a plan. You are going to speak in front of Pharaoh on behalf of my people, and you are going to set them free. Now, wait a minute. Let's see. Moses' plan, obscurity, never heard of again. God's plan. Every ear in Egypt will know Moses' name. Joseph. Joseph had a plan. You remember Joseph with the coat and the colors and all that stuff? He had a plan. His plan was great. His plan was just to enjoy Dad's favor. I mean, he's just got a brand new coat. It's really pretty. It's got all kinds of great colors. He's having some great dreams. And in the dreams, he's always being elevated and the brothers are being lowered. Dad loves him more than all the other of his children. He's in a great place. He's got a plan. Just keep hanging out and enjoying Dad's favor. And God comes along and says, Joseph, i got a plan. Now, the plan led to being thrown in a pit, sold as a slave, taken down to Egypt, accused, thrown in prison. But it eventually led him to being second to Pharaoh and rescuing God's people from famine. Joseph had a plan. God had a plan. Disciples. Disciples had a plan. Their plan was just to fish. They had a business going. And then Jesus came along and said, follow me, i got a different plan. You see how it works? God has a plan. We have a plan. The challenge for us in this birth announcement for Mary is to understand that only one of those plans leads to a blessed life. And you can figure out pretty fast which one, right? Uh, Someone once said, The wiser man shapes into God's plan as water shapes into a vessel. Good image? For us, it is to let our lives be shaped. Moses, he gave in to God's plan. Joseph, he gave in to God's plan. The disciples, they gave in to God's plan, and their lives became incredible to the point that you and I talk about them today. You and I talk about them today. Their lives became so incredible and blessed according to God's purposes. Here's the deal. As you sit here this morning and you hear the birth announcement to Mary, understand, I know you've got a plan. I I know you've got a plan. Young people, you probably got your life all figured out and you know know, what career you're going to have and how much money you're going to make and, you know, how big your house is going to be. You probably got a plan. The trouble is God has a plan. God has a plan. And His plan is the only plan that's going to lead to blessing in your life. Husbands and wives, you may have a plan for your marriage today and say, well, this is good enough. That's a good enough plan. (laughs) This is a good enough marriage. God's got a different plan 
God's got a different plan of what your marriage can become. You see, God always has a plan. And it's when we bring our lives into compatibility with His plan that we experience His blessing on our lives. When we get in agreement with His plan. See, how you manage your life over here has to move to managing your life over here according to agreement with His plan. When you do, then He comes to you and says, Blessed are you because the Lord is with you. Does that mean everything we do over here when we get in agreement is going to be smooth and easy? And Not at all. What happened to Moses? He went down into uh, Egypt and he went in front of Pharaoh and uh, he finally led his people out and they were out in the wilderness for 40 years wandering. And he had constant grumbling and constant accusations against him. Life wasn't easy, but it was blessed. That's the way it is. When you get in agreement with God's plan, it comes out this way to Mary in her announcement. God says to Mary uh, through Gabriel... Don't be afraid. God is pleased with you. We're living in some turbulent times right now. I know there's folks out there and there's folks in the room today who are concerned, anxious about everything that's going on out there in the world. What you need to hear this morning is Gabriel's words to Mary about don't be afraid. So you don't have to be afraid when you move away from your plans and you get in agreement with God's plans. Why? Because God stands behind His plans. And no matter what happens out there, God is always going to stand behind His plans. See, Mary probably didn't know everything that would happen in her life when this announcement came, what it meant to have this son. I mean, she heard the stuff and the specifics and what it was going to mean and what his name was going to be and he's going to be king. And... But do you suppose she heard the announcement and realized on that day that it would mean on another day she would have to stand at the foot of a cross and watch him die? See, I don't know everything that's in the plan that God has for you. I only know God stands behind His plan. And when you get in agreement with God's plan, then blessing rests on your life. And even though it may feel scary and you may have anxious times, God stands behind His plan. And so Gabriel can say, look, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to give up your plans over here and to move in agreement with God's plan for your life. Don't be afraid to do that. Because God stands behind His plan. Not only does He stand behind the plan... But he tells Mary that when she gets in agreement with God's plan, God is going to bring power into her life. It's in verse 35. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come down to you and God's power will come to you. So you may not know this morning everything that it means to get in agreement with God's plan. But you can know this morning that when you do get in agreement with God's plan, God is going to bless you and God is going to bring His power you and you will be able to overcome the obstacles you'll be able to overcome the challenges simply because god stands behind his plan because god's wisdom is greater than anything you have right now this morning let me share a story with you 
There was a young pastor. He was standing in front of his uh, congregation one Sunday morning and uh, with some kind of, you know, emotional uh, words and little tears kind of welling up in his eyes, he uh, paused during the course of the service and he said, folks, I want to introduce somebody uh, to you that is really special to me. He uh, comes from my childhood. He has been my friend and a mentor to my life uh, for years, going back to my uh, teenage years. And he said, I want to introduce him to you and I want to give you uh, a chance just to hear what he has to say. And so the young pastor stepped aside and out of the front uh, pew, an older pastor got up. And he walked up to the microphone and he greeted everyone and he said, I want to share a story with you. He said, the story goes, there was a father and there was his son and there was a friend of his son. And they took off on a, on a sailing trip one day on the Pacific coast. As they were sailing, some wind came up and finally a fierce storm came up. And the storm got so bad that even though they tried to get back to shore, before they could get back to shore, the waves were so high that the sailboat was turned over. And they all fell into the water, each being swept up by waves. The father was able to, to uh, grab onto the overturned sailboat. He was able to find a rope that was laying there in the water. And he could see his son over at one distance, and he could see his son's friend over at another distance. And the father knew he only had a few seconds to decide to whom could he throw this life-saving rope. And so he threw the rope. The son's friend grabbed the rope and the father pulled him to the overturned sailboat. And he took the rope again and as he prepared to throw that rope out towards his son, he saw his son slip under the waters, never to be seen again. His body never found. The father was obviously overwhelmed and yet he knew he had made the right decision. The father and the friend made it safely back to shore and they moved on with their lives. Now as the pastor was telling this story, there were two young teenagers who were sitting in the audience and prior to that they'd been kind of slumping in their chairs and uh, they sat up as the pastor began telling their story and they started listening intently. The pastor saw the young teenagers listening and he continued in the story and he said the father as he was making the decision and as he saw his son slipping before under the waters all he could do was yell out to his son I love you son and the boy disappeared. The father knew that he had only that instance to throw the rope and the father reflected on what drove him to throw the rope to the friend and not to his own son. After he was on shore, he said, you know, in that instance, I realized my son, my son was loved by Jesus Christ and that his eternity was secure. But I knew the friend. The friend didn't have Christ in his life. The friend didn't have the security of knowing Jesus would take care of him no matter what. So I threw him the rope. The father finished up the story and he 
walked down and he sat in his pew. Service came to a close. Teenage boys right away, the two that were listening, right away after the service they went right to the old pastor and they began talking to him and saying, wow, that was a great story, but you know, really pretty unbelievable. The pastor said, well, yes, I know that probably seems to be the case that it was just uh, a nice story and it doesn't seem to be very realistic. Then the young priest came up, or the young pastor came up, and he stood by the next one. And they shared glances with one another. And the old priest finally turned to the young boys and said, By the way, boys, let me introduce you to my son's friend. He is your pastor. Heartwarming story. But it illustrates the truth that when you get in agreement with God's plan, you don't have to know every piece of the plan. You only have to know that God stands behind the plan. And He knows things that you just don't know today. See, when He came to Mary and Gabriel spoke to her, she didn't have to know everything that would happen in her life. She only had to know that God would stand behind His plan. You don't have to know today everything that God has for you. You only have to know and hear the invitation. Just hear the invitation this Christmas, the announcement that God has a plan for you. And the question is, are you ready to give up your plans? Are you ready to give up your plans? And just move to a life that just seeks agreement with what God wants for you. To just seek agreement. That was the moment that Mary experienced. Here's Mary's response. She accepted the invitation and said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it happen as you have said. And the angel left her. She made the decision. She, made the, she came in agreement with God's plan and said, It is good enough that God desires it. You see, I'm convinced this morning that if you make that decision, if you say, I am just going to be in agreement with God's plan, I'm going to give up all this stuff over here and just figure out what God wants for my life, I think there's people in this room who are ready to be pastors. I think there's people in this room who are ready to go out there and be missionaries. I think there's people in this room who are ready to go out there and make an incredible difference for the kingdom of God. I think there's Moses and there's Joseph and there's Elizabeth. There are people just like them sitting in the chairs this morning because God has those kind of plans for each one of you. Hear the announcement this morning. Hear the announcement and make the decision. Are you ready to give up all of those plans and instead just come in agreement with what God wants for you? And let that be enough, just like Mary. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and we're amazed how incredible it is that Mary would receive this word from the angel Gabriel and uh, she would let it be enough. Just the announcement that she would just trust that and let that now take over her life and uh, despite the obstacles that it would present, that she would just let that power of the Spirit come upon her and be enough in her life. 
We ask, Lord, that uh, you would give us the same opportunity this morning that we can hear not only that Jesus is in the world, but that Jesus wants to be everything in our lives. And that through him, you have an incredible plan and a power ready to work upon us. Give us the strength this morning to give up our own plans and just to seek whatever it is you desire for our marriages, for our kids, for our futures, for our jobs, our careers, whatever it is that we would seek to do it your way. We ask for this wisdom. We ask for this blessing. We ask for this announcement in our lives through Jesus Christ.